The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Community Welcome back to Inspire FM. You listen to Community Connect. Today you, you I'm joined with two guests. Um there should be more inshallah coming, but right now there's just three of us in the studio. Uh firstly I'm joined with Hussein. Assalamualaikum Hussein, how are you? Alhamdulillah, I'm good. Um, I'm also joined uh, today with uh, Essen. Assalamualaikum, Essen, how are you? Oh, alaikum salam, I'm very well. Akib, how are you? Uh, Alhamdulillah, I'm very well. Uh, so today we have a great show lined up for you. Uh, the first topic being about unity within the Ummah. And after the break, our sef- second topic would be about c- climate change and whether it's the biggest issue we currently face. Now, you can actually get involved uh, during any part during the show. Um, you can text or WhatsApp us on 077-9481-822 or you can call us on 01582-481-822. Uh, we do have repeats of our shows on Saturdays from 8 to 9 uh, and our podcasts are now available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify so you can listen in, in your own time. We also have uh, we also are currently live on Facebook so you can go and Go on to Facebook and watch us there. So, we're going to begin with our first topic, uh, unity within the Ummah. Now, I just want to, before, before we get get into it, I just want to ask you guys, w- when we talk about unity within Ummah at the moment, and compare it to how it's been in the past, how would you say it compares? Snake? I would think that it's not as strong as it was, but there's still some there's still some hope, and a lot of people still love each other, and there's a lot of brotherhood right now, even in our little community. But as the as a uh, worldwide community, there's not as much communication or brotherhood that as there could be, you know. And Essen, I want to ask you a different question. Why do you think unity within the Ummah is important? Uh, well, first, well, first off, I think it. Um, encourage less hate in between people uh, within our communities and of course other communities as well which connected and second second of all I think it reduce um, other stuff like hate crime uh, towards our brothers and sisters um, across Luton and other parts of um, the country yeah both very good points um, I just want to bring you to a verse in the Quran um, Surah, An- uh, Surah Anfal verse 40, 46 and obey Allah and his messenger and do not dispute and thus lose courage and then your strength would depart and be patient indeed Allah is with the patient now when obviously I read this I get the idea that it's it's very Allah is trying to tell us here that it's very important for us not to fall out amongst one another and to sort of stick by each other and how we should not lose not lose our patience with one another because I think something especially f- Amongst people our age, we're not really that patient. I can even admit myself, uh, I can lose my patience quite quickly. And I don't think we've realized how great for virtue patience is. Mm. What are your guys' thoughts? I think, yeah, that's uh, very true what you said. I just want to highlight the part where it says, do not dispute. A lot of brothers nowadays want to have arguments about this and that and whatnot. And, you know, and a lot of it is just not for the sake of trying to educate people or spread knowledge just for the sake of fighting just for the sake of arguing so we stay away from that and it says then your strength would depart so it's trying to imply that your strength is in numbers your strength is in your community your brotherhood so uh, if, if you look around right now let's say something happens to the muslims in luton then uh, <laughs> we have no brotherhood what's going to happen to us you know that's how uh, like uh, sn was saying that you have a lot of hate crimes and a lot of hate crimes get by and uh, a lot of people you know the sisters are having their hijabs pulled off or whatever in public and a lot of brothers don't do nothing just walk past because there's no brotherhood and that's what we need and sort of adding on to that one thing within the ummah at the moment is that there's not there's not that unity and there's not that yeah. strength and if you compare the ummah of today compared to the ummah from say a few centuries ago the way that how much influential they were compared to us and the way that they were striving in order for knowledge and improving striving to improve their deen compared to say us is a, there's a stark contrast and one of the reasons for that is because we are not as close and that brotherhood as you were saying isn't there and that's sort of missing uh, I'd also want to add on to Hussain's point about um, people just arguing or um, or arguing for the sake of it 
uh, I'd strongly agree with that and I'd see people um, arguing just for the sake of winning an argument instead of actually making a point which could help both brothers and sisters and I think we often I think one of the reasons for that is because we often forget that there's only one Islam right and yeah. there's only one Quran there's only one Allah there's only one Shahada these are common things that we all have and these are such important things within our religion based the fundamentals Yet we overlook it and worry about certain slight changes one may one may have within their deen, and we only focus on that. But if you look, you know, us three in this room, we may have different opinions about certain aspects of Islam, but our core fundamentals are all the same. We all say the Shahada, we all read the Quran, we all read Salah the same. The core fundamentals are the same, and we don't tend to focus that, and we just focus on the small, minute differences which aren't really different, di- major differences, just slight differences of opinions. And I don't think we are truly focusing on the f- core fundamental fundamentals of Islam. Yeah, 100%. What about Essen, what do you think? Well, I'd, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have anything to disagree on that. I <laughs> <laughs> um, also want to look somewhere else in the Quran. Um, in Surah um, Al-Imran, um, verse, in Ayah 103, and hold fast all, to, all of you together to the rope of Allah, i.e. this Quran, um, and, not, and, and be not divided amongst yourselves. And I think that was just adding on to what we were just discussing, that the Quran is Allah, Allah's words to us, and it's this guidance, and we should hold on to that and use it, and that's something that all Muslims have, you know, regardless of your sect or what imam you follow, that's something we all share, and we should be united in that rather than using Allah's words to try and blame and accuse one another yeah of course and uh, you know like everyone believes in the one Quran and other and the other day I was watching a interview with the uh, one Qari and he said because he goes all over the world and he said that he tries to put, um, uh, spread the message of the Quran to everyone no matter who it is no matter what difference and he doesn't want to concentrate on the problems like oh you follow this madhab i follow different madhab or whatever because he because be- he believes so strongly in the message that he believes that that's what connects us all we're all connected by the religion and we're all brothers and there's no point us finding out the small differences which are just gonna stop us you know because like strength is in numbers and that's how that's how you get weakened and we've, uh, we've all had you know a divide and conquer yeah. Everyone's had that from a long time uh, British Empire, this and that, whatever Divide and conquer, that's, that's what you're doing to yourself really You're really just breaking yourself yeah, from the much, inside yeah. By dividing yourself and then someone else will come along conquer you whatever you know? yeah, And segregating the community in different yeah, yeah. parts yeah. And I think we are focused Sort of adding on from what you're saying there We don't realise that we all utter the shahada you know, we all say Ashhadu wa la ilaha illallah, Ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh, and we don't understand how powerful that actually is. And the way I would see, it, I remember listening to a, a Mufti Menk uh, talk, and he was saying that that us uttering the shahada is more powerful and more stronger than us being blood relatives. Yet, if if you saw the way some of us act to one another, you wouldn't think it at all, yeah. and you would think that we are. Instead, so distant, mm-hmm. and because realistically, some of the stuff I've seen brothers do to one another or sisters do to one another, you wouldn't do that to your family relative. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact that we both say the shahada, which means you do, you should not even want to do it even more. If that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you're Does anyone have any other? Yeah, I just like like what you said uh, that we're all connected. We all have things in common, you know. And um, uh, as much as you think, oh, this person, you know, oh, he's Raja, I'm Jodhari, this or whatever, you know, like <laughs> like a lot of people in Luton do, right? Yeah. But we're all connected. We all come. We all follow the same religion. We all um, uh, share Tawheed, everything. So we should all just, you know, um, uh, concentrate on the positive rather than concentrate on the negative. Um. Okay. So I just want to get you guys' opinions on where do you think. What 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 are some of the reasons why we don't have this unity? We talked about us generally not having this unity in the Ummah anymore, <coughs> but why is it that we've come to this state, and why is it we've ended up here really? Because only a few centuries ago, the Ummah was very strong, brothers st- stuck up for each other, and now it looks seems to be the complete opposite. Now it's more about, um, I would think I would say that it's more about people's self-interest 
people put themselves before anybody else and they will say oh am i happy or or do i have this you know if they if there's um, uh, let's say in this room there's like one piece of water the one glass of water and the three of us <laughs> everyone's going to be rushing to get the glass of water <laughs> because they want to survive right so everyone is saying oh I let him get some or some person could stand up say everyone drink a bit of the cup but now nah, everyone's going to rush in try grab the cup try drink it all because everyone just um, uh, everyone's a lot of havoc and a lot of misjudgment and Everyone's views are kind of clouded If you get what I'm saying Yeah They're all clouded by Things like money Houses Cars Women Whatever And then Because of that clouded And that negativity On their mindset They just push themselves forward And it's all about you You you. It's not about your family It's not about your area It's not about thingy But actually If you look around Even uh, I, I know in Luton There's a majority Muslim community But even then We're, we're heavily representing Who we are and you know, if, especially if you go to a school where it's mixed, or there's a, uh, I'm sure in my, if in, in your workplace or your school there's non-Muslims, they see this Muslim here, he's not even talking to the other Muslim, or he's fighting with another Muslim. What, what is this? They're not gonna say it to your face, but they're gonna think in their mind like, what is this? What is this? What is this? Is, is, is this Islam? In this ways, and you have to keep in mind that this is not like a part-time job. If, if you're a Muslim, it's a full-time job. You're fully representing your community and your religion. And also adding on to that. What you're saying about um, people no longer sort of caring about other things, I would say that um, Islam has no longer become the key factor in people's lives. Yeah. It's not become the ma- number one. Um, <coughs> it's not priority. It's not, yeah, it's not the priority. Yeah. People are focusing on different things, and obviously, if Islam's not your priority, then your love and affection that you should be showing to fellow Muslims isn't going to be there because mm. Islam isn't Islam isn't no longer there. So why would you show love and affection to Muslims? Exactly. And I think people have fallen in love with this dunya, even though it is temporary and that it's all just going to go straight away. And I don't think <coughs> we realize that because we get caught up. You know, life nowadays is so quick. It you know things are changing from here to there. Um, one week. This thing's big, and next week something else big, yeah. and we we don't find time to really focus on our deen and help focus our uh, improve our own Islam. And yeah. we don't and if we're never going to do that, then we never will be able to find unity together mm. as brothers and sisters because the f- f- main core of our unity is Islam and our um, our fundamentals within Islam. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. I'd like to add on to that. Um, uh, what you said about. Uh, what you two said about um, like uh, people chasing other things so such as materialistic items, houses, uh, cars, all all of that stuff. Um, I think that I think that got to do with people not um, reading the Quran, um, yeah. like they're not sticking to what it says, and they're instead um, caught up in their own interests, which could lead to disconnect between uh, the community. I just want to pose another sort of opinion that might be out there that one of the reasons why people have uh, that is this disunity within the Ummah is because of sectarianism and we no longer sort of see each other as a Muslim and we rather say specifically what you know what Imam you follow or <coughs> whether you are a Salafi or whether you are a Hanafi you, you know you people tend to be very specific nowadays and I just want to get your guys opinions on that do you think this is a good thing for Islam or do you think this is just tearing us apart I think it's a really bad thing because even like let's say like oh, everyone in the Luton community is Hanafi or Salafi or whatever, right? And we can do that and we can get by because that's been happening for a while now. You know, this masjid, even even I mean, not even Hanafi or Salafi races, that's Pakistani masjid, that's Bengali yeah, masjid, yeah, that's true. right? <laughs> even with races, right? Even though there's no racism in Islam, but even with races, that's Pakistani masjid. Even you know, um, uh, like people who come to the religion. I was watching the other day Tim Humble, if you know who he is. I've, I think I've heard Tim Humble. Yeah, he was he was telling a story of how he came to Islam, and he was like, um, uh, where, um, uh, where he was living, there's only one masjid that's open to reverts, and that's shocking. There were about, he said there were about fifteen masjids where he was living, and only one was open to reverts. And I think that just shows. Just shows. Yeah. T- <laughs> how how unaccepting Islam yeah. is, and well, not sorry, how unaccepting Muslims yeah. t- of today are, and how contrary that is of what Islam actually preaches. Exactly. And I think one of the reasons for that is because every no one actually is looking for the information themselves anymore. You know, how often do you see someone think, 
Okay, I'm not sure about this for Islam, so let me look in the Quran or let me look at the uh, hadith to find the answer. Nowadays, everyone's on the phone, YouTube it, yeah. and, and they're listening to a <laughs> someone who they don't know who cl- may claim to be Sheikh. There's no proof that he's a Sheikh. Yeah. Can't verify it. And yeah, yeah, and they're just listening to him and taking his opinion. And there's no evidence to back this up. Yeah, or the rumors of it po- passing around from one person to another. Yeah, and each time it's, it's changing and it's becoming more and more twisted. <laughs> and then they'll say that's Islam, but there's no actual evidence that this is this is from Islam. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of people in the Muslim community, not to badmouth them or anything, but they're not angels. People think a lot of people, you know, especially um, uh, like uh, people from the past generation think oh he's uh, he's mulvi he, he can't do this he can't do that you know even we've seen many cases where people who are religious or imams have done crimes it's, it's not something new right but they're like oh what he's a mulvi how do you do this how do you do that oh oh you know um, uh, what, um, uh, what he's son smoking what is he, um, imam son son smoking you know we have to get new to the idea where that not everyone has the best best interest or everyone is not that not the my, the my religion is very straightforward, but not everyone keeps it straightforward. We complicate yeah. it ourselves, right? And the imam or whatever is not an angel. He's, he's, he's not someone, yeah, he obviously can ask for information, but if he tells you, go do this, go do this radical thing, right? Or, or he's putting radical ideas. And, you know, I was, um, I was watching a video the other day um, uh, where there was an imam and he's racist towards black people. It's something like, brothers, we're not black. We should start like gangsters. He was, he was connoting black people with gangsters, right? And there were people in the audience that were black and they never said nothing. They're sm- sitting there. They saw the audience and there's a video and the, and the, this other imam was um, uh, refuting him and whatever. And I'm thinking no one in the audience, even though there were a lot of black brothers there, they never got up and said anything. Why? Because oh, he's an angel. He has to be right. Or if we get up against him, maybe because we're not imam or maybe because we're not this people got think bad of us but what's right is what's, is what's right what's wrong is wrong and when something wrong happens if you, stand, you have to stand up against it it's not about uh you know he's an imam or he's salafi or he's hanafi or whatever my right is right and wrong is wrong that's, that's what it is and well, that kind of, what i saw you just told is kind of shocking to me because such a simple thing like that could actually turn those Black people in the audience away from Islam. Yeah, and that's something that we see amongst they the youth. They could think that that's day. the true Islam. Yeah, and even though that's just the Imam um, uh, Bali representing it. Yeah, and I think obviously we're not saying that you shouldn't listen to um, p- scholars, listen to the scholars, and listen to the sheikhs. But it's best to make sure that the the, the so-called sheikh or scholar that you're um, gaining the information from is actually well versed in his knowledge, yeah. rather than someone who has maybe done a weekend course in Arabic <coughs> and now thinks he fully understands the Quran yeah. because you know the um, Arabic in the Quran is very complex that's why we do need obviously scholars to help break it down for us but we shouldn't we shouldn't just go, go to the first person with knowledge because you should keep, you should keep going looking and digging for yourself listen to this opinion listen to that opinion read the verse yourself understand the dif- the different opinions upon it and then make your own judgment rather than listening to the first lecture you see on YouTube, the one with the most views. Yeah, and then to relate that back to the sectarianism and disconnecting the community, <coughs> a lot of brothers, you know, if you're following one particular sect, right, and you're going to that and, 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 and uh, in that masjid or whatever, or the center, or whatever it is, the imam or something, these brothers over there, yeah, these brothers, yeah, they do this, they do that. We are, they're, they're, they're imposters, or they this, or, or they're kuffar, they're kuffar, right? It's something that people will follow so blindly. He's or he, he, Imam himself said it. Imam himself said it. Yeah, it has to be right. <laughs> has to be right. No, no way. He never missed a namaz in his life. It has to be right. Yeah, we have to go out. Oh, we see. Oh, that's oh, oh that's a uh, so so of so sect. Oh, yeah. Don't talk to him, mate. You know, um, uh, don't talk to him anymore. He's oh, he's oh, he goes to that mosque. Oh, I can't talk to him anymore. It's not like that. It's um, uh, you have to the um, uh, hate views will carry on spreading and spreading even. Um, uh, um, uh, also badly if uh, like uh, unfortunately in v- even in places of knowledge they will spread even amongst clever people who have knowledge but they'll spread because of bias and and uh, if we try to crack down and stop the hate preachers and people who are spreading it then maybe you know we can uh, stop the um, uh, disconnecting views getting around and I think about what you said there about uh, imams um, talking uh, talking about um, other masjids and other imams 
as bad. I think that relate to uh, Akib's point about um, how that information would be would be passed around and it'd be more twisted each time, which could lead to a greater disconnect. Yeah, and I think one of the main problems with that is because one of the main problems with that is that we are then the people who are actually listening to that are kept away from information. For example, say there may be something good that a certain uh, a scholar or imam is preaching, but that that individual won't listen to it because he's already heard from another um, imam or sheikh that he's you know he's a disbeliever. He doesn't follow Islam properly, and therefore they've been kept away from that that information that could actually potentially affect the deen significantly and potentially change the life and we're no longer we sort of is we only listen to one opinion and we we're sort of blinded by that yeah. and we only listen to what we believe is right and we're not willing to listen and open up to each other you know a lot of this sectarianism you know islam's been going on for islam's been about for 1400 years and a lot of this sectarianism that we see today has only come about recently yeah. in, in our parents' lifetimes and our grandparents' lifetimes, and that's it. For for generations before that, there was none of this. So this so this sectarianism we see today doesn't actually represent Islam, and it's sort of going against what Islam pr- teaches and preaches, which is unity, which is what we saw from in the Sahaba, which is what we saw in many of the um, uh, khilafas that followed and something that we lack significantly today. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, uh, you know, um, uh, they had a lot of uh, um, uh, com- com- that community, but uh, the, um, uh, they also had a lot of like love for each other. You okay. Know? okay, so we actually have a phone call, which oh. is the first time. For the first um, time. <laughs> so. Assalamualaikum. <laughs> Oh, welcome, Slam. It's actually Abu Saban. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking excited. for the first time we got a phone yeah. call. Damn. Salam <laughs> <laughs> alaikum. How are you doing? Sorry, I couldn't make it in. Welcome, Slam. Welcome, Slam. That's fine. Don't worry about it. You've actually joined us on on call, so that's nothing to worry about. Yeah. So, uh, Abu, what are your opinions? Obviously, I'm guessing you've been listening to us. Um, a little bit. <laughs> I'll be honest, I didn't really pay much attention. But one thing I would like to say is that uh, in terms of the youth of the Muslim community of today, aka people like me, Ibrahim and Shumir, I find that the moment we talk to each other, it's like we become really close. But then when it comes to like meeting new people and going our way to expand our friendship group, it doesn't really work. Yeah. And I would sort of ag- agree with that in the sense that we sort of come comfortable with those around us and we're willing to communicate much more easily but when it's new people that we're meeting that sort of unity isn't there and we aren't willing we aren't as willing to sort of open up his name what about you yeah i think (coughs) i think that's true you know because um uh, if we see other people we can we can inspire other people and uh, um, uh, inspire them and Educate and spread the word. So even if they're non-Muslims, you know, um, uh, you, sh- you should try to talk to them, communicate with them, and just be aware you're representing yourself in a good manner, in good behavior, and uh, just um, uh, giving a good reflection of what your religion teaches. And I, I, to- I totally agree with Husnain's point there. And just sort of adding on to that, um, you're totally talking about talking to. Um, non-believers to try and spread Islam but I think we should also just try and talk to other Muslims, people yeah, of yeah. different schools of thought just to, to break down those barriers because unfortunately, th- unfortunately those barriers are now there although they weren't yeah. there say 20-30 years ago, they are now there Can I add to that? Yeah. Do you think it could be because of our personalities and the way that we've kind of been raised up to some extent to the, and it kind of contributes to us not going out of our way to think about the person next to us, that whole feeling of empathy. I would rather than, I would think it's more us being arrogant in the sense that we assume that we're right and the others, other person is wrong and therefore we don't feel the need to actually communicate with the other person. Do you agree? Uh, I would thought it more to do with empathy, like in the sense that if we knew what the next person was feeling and we knew we wouldn't like feeling like that then we wouldn't want to, them to feel that same way. So we do our best to kind of stop them from feeling that way as well. But then, um, this is my opinion, but I think a lot of people, when it comes to 
uh, Islam, they get, they have their interpretation and think they they're the only ones who can be right, and they're not willing to listen to other opinions on s- sort of issues. It's interesting you say that, but I find that sometimes when during the, still in the learning process, take for example school, which is something we've been doing most of our lives. When we get proven wrong, then we tend to agree with what being said. But generally, when we like we have our train of thought and we think, you know what, this is the final answer, or we may have missed something or made a small mistake, generally we do get stubborn in that case. Do you agree? Sort of. I think it. I think it obviously comes down to person to person. But I would say one of the biggest issues that we currently face as an ummah is our arrogance and our lack of. Our, our lack of willingness to be able to learn, if that makes sense. Because we're not willing to actually gain knowledge and we any, any first piece of information that we get, we automatically assume it's right and we're not willing to actually learn more. Alright. See, that was Abdul Saban. Um, we're coming down to our last 10 seconds. Um, join us after the break where we will be talking about climate change, a big issue currently in the world. Welcome, Salam. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum, welcome back to Inspire FM and the best show on the radio, Community Connect. Right before the break, we were talking about. Akib, could you recap? Uh, we were talking about unity in the Ummah. Obviously, now we've got like four more people that have walked in, so they don't know what <laughs> yeah. we're talking about. Uh, we're sorry talk- that we just came late. We, <laughs> we had a bit of a traffic problem, but um, just to introduce the people that came late, uh, I'm, I'll be your host for the second half. It's uh, Mishkib. And we're also joined in the studio by Ibrahim. Assalamualaikum. Welcome, Assalamu Ibrahim. How are you doing? I'm good, Alhamdulillah. How about you? I'm great. Uh, and Junaid. Welcome, Shakib. Welcome, Slow Makib. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. It's all okay, a little okay. all over the place. How are you doing, Junaid? I'm doing fine, man. And last but not least, Sume. Assalamu alaikum, Shakib. Welcome, Slam Sume. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. So we had a little catch up. We know who's here now. Uh, we didn't we didn't hear the first part of the show. So Akib, could you recap what you were doing with Essen and Hussein? Uh, so we're talking about unity within the Ummah, and we're talking about some of the problems we actually face nowadays, and how we are no longer willing to listen to each other simply based on sectarianism and we aren't willing to actually find information for ourselves by looking in the Quran and looking at the ahadith and rather we just sort of listen to the first sheikh and listen to well, the first so-called sheikh and just listen to his opinions and we're sort of discussing how we can sort of try and break down those barriers that we currently f- unfortunately face. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So the second part of this show is about climate change and how it's a rising problem in the world. If you want to be a part of this conversation, you can phone and text on Akiwada numbers. So you can text us or WhatsApp us on 0779481822 or you can call us on 01582481822. I thought you learned that by now. You can also, <laughs> so did I, and I forgot. You can also find the numbers on the Inspire From website, the wall. which is www.inspirefrom.org. <laughs> oh, so we did have our first caller today, but... It was absolutely. from the taxi trying to call in. <laughs> so climate change. Anyone want to jump right in? Uh, yeah, I want to. Yeah. Um, I think the topic, well, the way we're focusing it, is about whether climate change is the biggest issue we're facing in modern times. And researching this topic is actually quite interesting to find that um, we do underestimate climate change a lot, even though we hear about it every day. Um, but we don't really hear about it in the drastic manner that it actually is presented to the rest of the world and taking lives. And I think that from doing this topic, personally, I've learned that climate change is actually a big issue. And it's something that before I've been quite naive towards and sort of underestimated the effect that it's having. But after researching this topic, I've realized that it's actually quite an important thing that we should all take into consideration. And using our phones and, you know, contributing to climate change is actually impacting people's lives on a daily basis. I just want to throw in this fact. It's been sourced by uh, Greenpeace.org and it says how the Arctic ice sheet is Earth's largest single mass of ice and accounts for around 90% of all fresh water. And due to climate change, this this sheet was slowly going to melt down and that would be one of the biggest problems we'll face. 
But I just want to quickly ask both of you a question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys so do you guys think that climate change is the biggest issue? Um, I would say, um, yeah. And yes, you should yes. keep. I actually kind of disagree with it. Same. I, 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 say I, I, would, I say it's a big issue it's we currently face, mm-hmm. yeah. but I wouldn't say it's the biggest. Okay. Yeah. Um, for example, there's many people in the world who currently uh, suffer, so suffering from famine, mm-hmm. and there's poverty. people poverty. And if if we don't resolve those, mm-hmm. who's to say we might even see the next sixty years where we're actually going to see the effects of climate change? Yeah. You know, climate change is something we're going to see long term, whereas there's many short term problems issues that we have to that solve we, now. Yeah. No. Um, actually, Akiv, I disagree with you there. Yes. Oh, because <laughs> yeah. climate change has a direct link with poverty. Because obviously, first of all, climate change it affects the lower developed countries more than the high developed countries, who are actually the main polluters. And because of this, obviously, poverty poverty is going to increase. Natural disasters are going to cause more famine, more poverty, and they just um, keep causing each other to get worse. And also, scientists actually have predicted. Uh, this is from the I think it's I, the IPCC. It's a, one of the UN's organizations yeah. which are in charge of um, you know, investigating climate change. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a 1.5 degree Celsius increase is going to have a massive knock-on effect on this world. The, the Great Barrier Reef, you've heard about the Great Barrier Reef. I could, you know it's a fundamental role in the ecosystem and the, its part to play. Yeah. That's gonna be, if that gets destroyed, the entire ecosystem will, ha- will be affected negatively. And obviously, with the increase in temperature, many fish will also die, and that's going to also have a knock-on effect on the food chain. And I think that's such a detrimental, that's a, that's a detrimental effect that's going to affect everyone, no matter who you are, what ethnicity or where you live. We all live in the same planet and share the same home. So this is why I think that it's the most important issue that we all face, and we should all should think about how to approach before, right now. Before Akib's counter-argument, which he's really urging to go on, I want to see, I want to hear Sume's and Essence's uh, opinions. Do you guys think climate change is the biggest problem that we face? Um, I agree with Akib. I don't think it's the biggest problem, but yeah. it definitely is a big problem. Mm-hmm. But one thing is that, like Janet said, climate change does contribute towards things like poverty. Yeah. Like, for example, crops won't really be sustainable mm-hmm. if climate change carries on, stuff like that. Essen? Uh, I strongly agree that uh, climate uh, climate change <laughs> is the strongest issue right now. Yeah. Uh, due to like weather effects such as droughts uh, caused by global warming, um, floods caused by polar ice caps melting, uh, that can affect uh, people and crops, uh, which can uh, <laughs> <laughs> lost, lost a bit words. So we'll go back to Akib. Akib, what's the counter argument to make to Junaid? So obviously, the one of the main things that people always say is that the worst affected are from climate change are the people in poverty yeah but many of our solutions that we have to climate change at the moment you know saying using renewable sources over non-renewable sources like wind farms for example mm. a lot of that is too expensive for these lower developed countries to even afford mm-hmm. so they even though people often people try to say that the worst affected are those in poverty there still hasn't been any credible solution from these from the people making those accusations on how to actually treat um, climate change um, which uh, which is actually um, sustainable for people in poverty who who people claim are the most fe- most affected um, well Akib um, I see where you're coming from there but there's always been a, there've already been decided agreements on how to tackle this problem you've heard of the Carlton Protocol haven't you What's where they've uh, made the yeah, what is that Janet they've yeah, made agreements we, so we will have okay, okay. alright so basically the group of countries came together and they decided to meet certain targets of reducing CO2 emissions. Yeah. And they also, I think, they also decided on how uh, consequent richer countries can help the poorer countries, like perhaps giving them money on how to, you know, be sustainable and deal with this, with the changing atmosphere and how how the environment changes with the climate change. Because they're going to need money to invest, as you said, in uh, more sustainable resources. But the thing is, right, many of those countries don't have uh, healthcare, they don't have uh, proper food, they don't have education systems, yet why should climate change, something that's going to affect them in say 20, 30 years time, why should that be the main priority when they don't even have the resources at the moment to continue living, uh, having a good standard of life now? Shouldn't that money be going towards stuff like healthcare, stuff like education, stuff like nutrition for them first and then focusing on 
their future because at this current this the current state of life is standard of life isn't good why are we trying to improve the future standard of life when we haven't improved ourselves now i think this is one thing that humans we tend to do we always try to jump we try to run before we can walk for example we always try to explore space right we haven't even explored explore that on sea and this is like something with climate change we're all trying to think about the future how we can make the future amazing but our current world isn't amazing at all that's a great argument but that's the reason why the poorer countries are most affected because as you said they don't have the time they have other priorities right so they can't just spend time on putting all the resources into because of climate change investing in other alternative energy sources rather than fossil fuels which is actually the most uh, for them it's most profitable so that's why I'm saying that they're the most effective whereas the richer countries they already have those um, institutions put in place to tackle you know with uh, edu- education with healthcare etc so they can put the money into dealing with climate change that's why my point was the poorer countries are the most affected he just proved it. He just proved it for me. <laughs> all right, let's, no. let's, let's let's just move on before this this, all, this is getting a bit too heated in here. I, I want to say with that I completely agree with this point, and I took that same viewpoint when I started researching the topic mm-hmm. because we hear about like people dying of so many diseases and poverty and the things that people go through, and I think that as individuals that live in the UK, because we're not as affected by climate change as like Jenna said, other poorer countries that are going through this as a result of a lot of first world countries that are polluting the air. I think that it's quite ar- like naive for us to sit here and say that it's not the biggest issue because we haven't been through it. Like If we've never been homeless, we can't really talk about the experience of being homeless. Um, but I understand where Akib's coming from. I think also, what you're talking about like the third world countries not being able to afford like these things and I think that is what makes it the biggest issue is because right now everyone's so taking an individualistic state of mind that I need to care for my country and myself and the richer countries are not taking a proactive role in helping the poor countries that are suffering from it mm-hmm. because there's actual lives that can be affected from it and when you were saying that it doesn't affect us now and it affects us in 20-30 years but it's now that we can stop it and if we don't stop it now then 20-30 years we won't really have a way to go back so even though we'll suffer the consequences this is right now is the opportunity to stop it like homelessness if you help someone as they're about to go on homelessness you're going to prevent it it's so worse to say that let them become homeless first then i will help them i agree with your point about um us and we need to act now to try and prevent it i just don't agree that it's our biggest issue for example uh, if you look at the middle east right um countries like syria which is been devastated with warfare yeah. over the last decade their main issue is rebuilding homes f- um, just f- fixing the country that was destroyed in say Yemen where it's, which is currently torn by war uh, which currently faces a huge famine their c- main issue is feeding feeding people mm-hmm. pretty much not although it is important that we act now to stop climate change yeah. I would I wouldn't put it at top of the priority list <laughs> because people are literally dying and we need to try and solve that as instead of solely focusing on climate change although we do need to put resources into climate change not all of our not all of our resources need to be going there and we need to be trying to um, build the standard of life so what do you think that we should do right now to solve those issues like what what resources do we need to like solve for example you gave the example of syria what what resources do we need to help them so um, so janaid brought up um how um I forgot what the pact was called because I, d- I don't really know the names and stuff. <laughs> but um, how more wealthier countries are giving money to l- um, less wealthier countries to, uh, to help with climate change. And although I agree that is a good thing, I think not all of that money should be going solely to climate change. Mm-hmm. Only part of that should be going to climate change and the rest should be going to mainly first fixing the country and then... Uh, turning our eyes as sort of climate change that's sort of on the side like okay we'll do that now so in the next 20 years we don't have to suffer from it but first let's try and rebuild this country because in 20 years it may still may still be rubble so it, it makes no difference but don't you think in order to help countries like this um we need first of all the resources to help them that in 20 30 years as our resources deteriorating now where if we end up finding out that we don't have the resources eventually to help those countries for example, we've just given examples of Middle East. Yeah. Middle East is filled with oil. Mm-hmm. If we start saying we don't want to use oil now, we're prolonging their development because 
lot of their income relies heavily on I, I fossil fuels. I think we're going on a bit of a tangent here. <laughs> so, uh, okay, we've had this, uh, we've had the argument. I think I can quite enjoy himself there. <laughs> so, I want to throw a new question out to everyone. Uh, first, I'd like to ask Husnain, and is, have you experienced climate change firsthand? No, I haven't really. How should I experience climate change? What do you mean? For, really, didn't you remember that time when it randomly just snowed in, what was it, April? Oh, yeah, I got you saying, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it is, yeah, it's the effects of climate change, but if you want to say that, uh, um, uh, that you know, oh, we're all dying because it's snowed in April, it doesn't, it doesn't really affect us, you know. I don't, I don't really mind, I don't really mind. Let us know in April, you know what I'm saying? But, but like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say is, like, the first experience, like, I'm just right. Uh, do you have, uh, uh, all right. It's what? a bit shocking if you want to say. Yeah, it's a bit shocking. Yeah, it's shocking. Yeah, that's yeah, really it's shocking to see it snow in April and uh, you know, like um, uh, even today was a bit sunny. Then more than it should have been December. Actually, but that brings out the question: What is the difference between the weather and climate change? That's a very good question. Does anybody want to answer that? Uh, that let, me g- let me give that to Essen first. Before Essen. we go to Junaid, Akim, and Ibrahim, let's go to Essen <laughs> and Sumi. Well, starting with weather, I think weather would uh, be um, referred to like a local, like a local climate, so such as a town or a country, yeah. town, city, country, and it happened for a short period of time, mm-hmm. so such as minutes, hours, or days. Whereas uh, climate change is averaged across through uh, is like a, um, let's say temperature is averaged across decades, De- like years, yeah. decades, and th- those can represent countries. So those are in the long term. Uh, Sume, what's, what about your opinion? So could you repeat the question? Uh, what's the difference between weather and climate change? Uh, climate change, well obviously, like, with climate change, the world's going to get hotter, like the polar ice caps are going to melt, but it's a really, really gradual change, like one degree between decades, like Essence said, mm-hmm. but even then, that one degree could make all the difference, <coughs> like, the coral reef might get destroyed. So the example I gave to Hosnan, like, when it snows in the middle of uh, April, would you call that... Weather or was, is that a, you know... That's definitely climate change. Climate change. Of it, but, yeah. But <laughs> I think, um, also come back onto that point, like, for example, it's snowing in April and us eating, like, genetically modified crops and things like that, I think we haven't gone through the worst of climate change. Like, mm-hmm. for example, when his name said it snowed in April, it wasn't something, like, the first thing that didn't strike my mind was, oh my God, it's climate change, we need to stop this yeah. now. It's like, let's go out and build a snowman and have a snow fight. Um, yeah. I think that, that's why we can't really like fully understand the effects of climate change because we live in the UK and because we don't suffer the effects of climate change in a negative way, but we do have some effects of it. It's quite like, there's mm-hmm. no way are we saying that we are experts in climate change or we understand yeah. fully the effect of it. Another thing I want to put out to the table, it's uh, some celebrities in the past have wrote off the issue of climate change and say it's actually fake, right? What are your thoughts on this? Everyone in the everyone's gonna answer this one. I think there's a reason they're celebrities and not intellectuals. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have proof? Mm. Uh, uh, you're gonna go up to a celebrity. Do you have proof? <laughs> I, I think one of the main reasons they say that is because, um, for example, let's say someone is makes a lot of profit off fossil fuels. They're not gonna say they're gonna support mm. climate change because yeah. they're just showing that that the main means of income is. It, you know, it's, it's sinful because they're just damaging the environment. Obviously, they're gonna find some way. If someone wants to find a way, if they have the money, they wanna find a way that some show a reason that something's fake. They're gonna get the research. They're gonna put in the research and put something up to give a reason for the fact that they're making money off you know fossil fuels, yeah. etc. I see what you're trying to say there. And I'm actually in agreement with Janae this time. <laughs> what? For the first time. Um, I think we we our lives are heavily run by corporations, yeah. and it heavily benefits them to use fossil fuels and them using renewable energies it doesn't actually work and it's actually more expensive for them and we live in a society which is heavily driven by wealth and we don't really take count for that oh (laughs) sorry another question i'd like to put out for you ibrahim is what do you think the biggest factor uh, that is contributing to climate change i think the biggest factor would probably be pollution um and i think as you were saying before about celebrities and things like that I think a lot of them, because they're very successful within the current life, they usually don't want to have to ha- experience any change within that. Ibrahim, sorry to cut you no, off, but uh, we have we have a phone call. Um, assalamu alaikum. How are you, brother? You well? Yeah, I'm well. How are you, brother? Alhamdulillah, I'm really well. Um, so 
I was listening to your conversation. I just wanted to ask you guys a couple of questions. So in terms of data, are you aware of how much climate change has impacted the UK in terms of global warming in the last 10 years? And secondly, what do you feel about the effects that climate change is having on your forefathers' country of birth, in other words, Pakistan, India and Bangladesh? Because those countries have been hit quite hard. So how do you feel about those two things? Um, just before we jump in, I'd say, Salam Alaikum Rahid, how are you? Walaikum Salam Salam, well, thank you. Is that, who's that? It's Ibrahim. <laughs> Ah, very good. Good to hear you. Yeah, just to answer your question, I think that climate change has had not as worse an effect as it has now, but I think the development of climate change started with our forefathers and within like third world countries such as Pakistan, Um, but they didn't experience the effects of it as to which people in third world countries experience now. And I think it wasn't pushed as much as it is now because during that era of our forefathers like being in third world countries and migrating and the development it was sort of like a revolution into which created problems which we're suffering now like extreme pollution created by factories and being quite uh, naive to it so i think that they didn't suffer as much uh, our forefathers but they were sort of the build-up to create that problem how do you feel now knowing that the villages where your forefathers live right now, right now, are being devastated through climate change? How, how do you feel about the drought, the cyclone, the, the, you know, the, the extreme weather, the extreme water? That, that's killing people right now. How, how do you feel about that? Because I felt, I felt a little bit as if your conversation was like climate change is happening. Climate change has actually been happening for 30 years. It was happening when I was doing my GCSEs 30 years ago. I actually learned about this stuff 30 years ago. So I'm just trying to work out what what is actually going to happen. What, 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 what impact do you think is going to happen for you guys to go beyond a conversation to kind of like acting on it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Thunberg is doing is going around the world saying if we don't act now, as in mm-hmm. literally now, we are almost at the point of no return. Yeah, I think. And these are major scientists in the world of things. Mm-hmm. I think it's quite infuriating, like you were saying, which you know completely like backed on my point, was that um, we don't experience climate change firsthand, and it does take lives. And I think because we haven't been face to face with things like that, and in no way am I saying that it's a problem that we should ignore, we shouldn't have to care about, just because we have come to experience with it. I think it's hard for people within our country and first world countries to fully understand and comprehend the issue of climate change and it's something that even though there's education on it i don't think there's education on the effects of it like in science we learn about what causes climate change how can we stop it but i've never been told in a classroom how many people are dying because of climate change or how many people struggle with their day-to-day lives and i think that beyond conversations of course you know this is a radio show and i think we all agreed that it's something that we need to bring to light and inshallah you know there'll be something in the future that we can do where we can actually bring more than you know just having conversation and bring awareness but it also takes these individuals that listen to these shows and listen to you know their teachers in the classroom and hear about how climate change is affecting and take their own time to research in depth about these topics because we don't understand how much like homelessness affects people and how much you know like poverty affects people but climate change is also affecting people and if we don't deal with it now it will be our ancestors it will be our future generations that will suffer from it so here's, so here's one of the things and, and by the way guys you're doing an amazing amazing job thank you for really for really raising this it's really really amazing to see young guys like you raising this you know you know the thing about and i know you're probably running out of time you know the thing about homelessness and poverty mm. climate change actually directly impacts poverty the reason why it directly impacts poverty is that if you are poor and if food prices for example or global um, energy prices escalate the poor are hit the hardest first and it doesn't matter if you live in a rich country or a poor country right now if climate change means that food prices go up that means that those people who are poorest are not going to be able to afford good, nutritious food. So it actually hits them with a double whammy. So that's something to think about. Uh, That will affect people in Luton today. 
But then wouldn't you say some of a lot many of the solutions we currently have to tackle climate change aren't practical for the poor and they are sort of too expensive to actually implement and there isn't any true solution that we currently have actually come up with to effectively tackle climate change? So, 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 so the solution is going on right now at the NATO talks. Um, um, the President of the United Nations, uh, Gutierrez, he actually said that we are at a tipping point whereby if the major nations of the world do not reverse their policy right now, we are almost at the point of no return. And so therefore, therefore, it's actually you guys who are going to make the difference. So it's, there's no point kind of like, you know, um, saying, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to wait for something else. You guys have actually got the power to reverse that right now. And so it's not even a question. It's just like, hey, let's do it. That's it. But some may say it's too late to prevent climate change. Could you give us your opinion on that? So my opinion? Yeah. So my opinion is that over the past 10 years, we have seen the hottest summer, the nine out of the mm. 10 hottest summer in the UK ever recorded have happened in the last 10 years. Yeah. So that tells me straight away that I know that us, in a really, really rich country, we are being affected. Imagine what it's like in Pakistan. I speak to my, my family in Pakistan, and it's really difficult for them on a, on a daily basis. So therefore, what I'm saying is that what we need to do is we need to actually adopt a plant-based diet. We need to adopt a green economy where we're not burning fuel. We need to um, actually change the insulation in our homes. You know, Luton should be a car-free zone. It should be a car-free zone. It's as simple as that. We should be lobbying the local authority to say we need more bikes on the road every day. You guys know what it's like when you go to school and college. There's hundreds of cars literally outside your school. And people are within a one or two mile radius. That can't be right. Yeah. You know what I mean? We like How to... easy is it just to walk? It's we so like... simple. And it's, and it's good for you. Yeah, we would like to thank you, Rahid. We're coming down to our last 30 seconds. Jokla um, Khair for calling in, and Alejandro will just keep to wrap up the show now. Uh, keep up good work. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're coming down to the end of the show. Jazakallah for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. We have repeats on our show from Saturdays from 8pm to 9pm. And podcasts of most of our recent shows will be made, av- made available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. As always, be sure to tune in to a uh, show every Wednesdays from 6 to 7pm. Asalaamu Alaikum. Con- uh, community Connect. Connecting the community. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream? at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton